0: earn 12 continuing education credits as you discover how to better support clients who have an interest in psychedelics. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. You found the most positive place on the internet. Thanks for listening to unityonlineradio.org. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, offering support for your spiritual growth and addiction recovery. Here's Reverend Dan Beckett.
1: With us today, I'm Reverend Dan Beckett, here with co host Reverend Michelle Vargas. Together, We share ways that spirituality and addiction recovery intertwine and work together to support your spiritual growth in your own recovery journey.
2: Facebook users, you can send us your questions and comments anytime during the week from our Facebook page, Spirit of Recovery. Just click the send message button right below the banner and be assured that your anonymity will always be respected. So please let us know what's on your mind. We'd love to hear from you.
1: Today's show is titled, First Things First. When we get into addiction recovery, we learn to be mindful of our actions. We hear the phrase, do the next right thing, which sounds like a great idea, but what does that actually mean? How are we supposed to know what the next right thing is anyway? Today, we want to share our experience, strength, and hope on moving from aimlessness to freedom, By doing the next right thing.
2: We want to share with you what we were like before, what happened, and what we are like now, along with a spiritual tool or principle that helped guide us through the tough times. We hope you'll find something in our experience that will be helpful to you in your own recovery. So today we're talking about moving from that experience of aimlessness to freedom through the power of or the principle of doing the next right thing.
1: So when I think about aimlessness at that time, you know, we talk about this a lot, but I didn't really have any strong sense of a higher power or any, I guess I would call it like a t- context for living life other than, you know, doing things that were fun and maybe aspiring to have a nicer car or house or or whatever and there's nothing yeah. wrong with those things but i i looking back i feel like um the the concept of having like a connected community uh, heart connections with people of connection with a higher power some um anchor point if you will some way of conceiving of life yeah and the meaning you know what what is it what am i doing here what does it mean yeah to do these things i didn't really have Mm -hmm. that now of course i didn't notice it at all right and i think the upshot was basically i was over overly attached to material goals now having Mm -hmm. said that i think if if you knew me then you wouldn't walk away thinking that i was materialistic we're talking about my interior reality um i it seemed to lean toward not just possessions as much as you know what what's going to be fun to do it was what was missing was um sort of the centrality of a connection to the universe yeah and which kind of left like well how is your job and yep what fun things can you do or buy or have or whatever so that's what comes to mind first when i think about aimlessness
2: Yeah, I think that's our culture, you know, I mean, in the absence of a spiritual framework for life, that's, that's what's left is, is sort of, you know, like you say, job, you know, uh, material goals, not that, like you say, not that you're a materialistic person, but that's what people focus on when there isn't something else bigger you know and so that's that's how I would describe it because I was never aimless I was always very um ambitious and driven and but I was aimless in the sense that there was no spiritual framework for my life um which I probably didn't notice that either I mean you don't notice what you don't know right Um, And like I say, in the absence of a spiritual framework, that's that's what sort of what there is in life, right, is achieving something in your career and getting a nicer car. And I mean, what else are you going to do in life? You know, Um, I think that people like us who ultimately thrive in spirituality, we do some part of us knows that it's missing that even though we don't know what it is, you know. And so there is sort of that restlessness, or just being uncomfortable. And I think that's part of what we drank over. It's part of what I drank over was just that lack of lack of greater purpose. Let's put it that way: lack of um, lack of an overall meaning. Like, and some people maybe don't have that. Like they don't have that. Oh God, you know, what is the meaning? What is it all for? Some, and God bless them because they're probably happier. You know. <laughs> but I think I did sort of have that existential angst, you know, but I didn't really know what it was. But it was like, what am I doing here? What is it all about? What am I getting up every day for? So that was the aimlessness for me.
1: Yeah, that I, I kind of uh, feel like what you just shared describes my situation uh, pretty well. Also, yep. along with that, uh, I'm remembering when a sort of Uh, underlying sense of detachment right because I mentioned how I did not have things like spiritual community or heart connections I mean I had family and as far as I knew we did you know I loved my family members and they loved me and we did things that families do together and we had holidays and it was nice and it was fun and all that but there was sort of a a layer that i had never been aware of that i now see was kind of missing Mm -hmm. even from that that i think would have made all you know i don't know that i would have been doing different things as as showing up differently in the same things that i was doing so kind of a sense of detachment very much along the lines of what you're talking about of um You know, almost as if to say, What's the point? What's the purpose of all this? Why do I need to get up in the morning anyway? Yeah. Well, to go to work, you mean just to make money? I mean, really? Is that all? There's got to be more to it than this, was sort of the underlying feeling that I was unaware of because I had no real clue what it might be if there was something more than this. And of course, my solution involved alcohol which as we say worked until it didn't right in fact it worked really well until it didn't and then it was really really bad yeah yeah i can
2: yeah i'm just thinking about that feeling of like not not having um a greater purpose and and you and i have both shared with each other and on this show that we both think we've probably always had a little bit of low-grade chronic depression yeah and so I think that that probably plays a big role. Um, and I think that having had a spiritual foundation for our life could have helped to alleviate a lot of that depression. I know it could have for me as a young person. Um, it doesn't fix it. Uh, I still have to treat it and such. But um, I think that when I when I would have a couple glasses of wine, I wasn't feeling that anymore, that that got rid of that feeling that you know what is it all for what are we doing it took literally took that edge off yep so of course you know of course i wanted to do that because that's uncomfortable um the other thing that the aimlessness looked like for me is um so when when you don't have or you know in my case when i didn't have a spiritual framework or an overall spiritual greater purpose for my life and i didn't have a higher power on board that I believed was, um, guiding me towards my higher purpose in life, uh, that left me in charge of everything, right? I had to completely run my whole life. Uh, there was nothing else, you know? And so that's, you know, we talk about self-will run riot, but what what else was there? I mean, I, in my mind, I was single-handedly propelling myself through life. I had to, I had to yep. make things happen. I had to control everything to make everything come out right. Um, and thank God I don't have to live that way anymore. So that was way a too of, much work. Oh goodness. It's
1: way too much work.
2: I could do it when I was in my twenties, but I couldn't do it now. Yeah. I'm too tired for that. <laughs>
1: And, and i would argue and I think you would too it's not even true no it, it's a it's a um it's a very difficult way was for me a difficult way to go through life yes. life literally does not have to be that hard no in fact okay. i i encountered a saying that i just used again last night as i um, you know, I was out of town for a couple of weeks, and so coming back, I feel like I have a giant to-do list. I feel behind. Yeah. I feel like, mm. oh man, I got to get this done. I got, can, I can start to feel anxious about it, and then I just have to remember, or I ask myself the question: What would happen if I let this be easy?
0: Mm. The phrase
1: is "let it be easy." Well, every time I remember that, and every time I ask the question. What would happen if I let it be easy? It is easy.
2: I'm writing this down.
1: <laughs> Every time. My only troubles when I forget to ask that or where I don't be, I seemingly don't believe that it can be easy, yeah. but I can do all the same stuff and let it be easy Yeah. that I can all wound up and worried. Yep. And in fact, the outcomes are better when I let it be easy. It takes less energy. I'm not, you know, maintaining anxiety takes energy. And I don't want to do it when I have a choice. I don't always feel like I have a choice. Yeah. But the more I practice, the more that I take the opportunities when I can, I get better about um, seeing them. And, you know, we talk about managing conditions it's not like any kind of uh, anxiety or depression that i had a lot of before is completely gone it's substantially gone it's manageable now it's not a problem it's not an issue it's just like the weather at this point it's not wrecking my life it's just raining well if it's raining i'll take an umbrella problem solved moving on
2: yeah
1: it's that kind of thing now Um, well there's a solution preferable
2: There's a spiritual solution for it. Right. And I have written this down, what you just said, what would happen if I let it, if I let this be easy. And I think I'm going to hang that somewhere where I can see it because I know that I create a lot of my own angst and it's unnecessary and it's remnants of that way of looking at life that i've got to figure it all out and i've got to make things happen and i've got to work that somehow worrying about the outcome of things is going to make them come out the way i want them to right
0: um
2: i mean i've gotten so much better i used to worry so much but um just you know that idea that like this could be easier if i if I shifted my perspective, my way of looking at this, that I'm not single-handedly holding up the whole earth. I am not making every single thing happen in my life. Um, I don't have to control everything. I can turn it over. I can do my best. It doesn't mean I don't have any responsibility or I don't have to do anything, but I can do my best and then I can let, let it go and I can trust that Maybe everything isn't going to turn out exactly the way I want, but everything ultimately is going to be okay. And that all that just comes from having a spiritual way of life and and a complete shift in my way of seeing things from like the world is a dangerous place that I have to control and make happen the way I want it to, to the perspective I have now that God is in charge. All things work together for good. Everything is ultimately working for my highest good, even in some way that I don't understand right now. And I can release and let go and not live in that constant worry and angst.
1: Yeah, it's far better way uh, I have found to live and, and kind of as I was, I was saying before, but I'm remembering that a lot of this for me has just been about practicing, right? Yeah. I might learn a principle or an idea or a phrase that helps me remember a new way of being in the world, but then I have to practice it
2: yep and be reminded over and over
1: yeah and i'm not perfect at any of it i mean i had a freak out in the in the airport um leaving hawaii i had left my watch in one of the bins at the um security station and then i'd walk past the point where you're not allowed to turn around and walk back up to the security station so i was freaking out And, you know, I had to take off my shoes and belt for the metal detector. And you got to put all your crap in these bins and take your laptop out and all that. I find it very stressful. Yeah. And and i'm i'm sort of a nervous traveler in any way i'm i feel like i'm going to forget something or do something wrong
2: a lot of moving pieces and
1: and so we found someone to help us and she went down and she was clarifying you know which which line were you in and what did it look like what color was the band and all that and they're all hunting for this and not finding it and then i found it (sighs) in the one place i hadn't looked in my bags So you talk about literally, I literally created that upset. Nothing was wrong, but I created a big, I didn't, I looked everywhere, air quote, everywhere, everywhere except one place. Except for that watch. And then I'm super (laughs) embarrassed, and part of me's going, well, if you just walk away, nobody knows who I am. They'll probably know. No, I can't do that. I can't do that. That's a violation to me of a spiritual principle. I cannot yeah. just walk away, even though yeah. I would love to crank yeah. into the corner. So I had to acknowledge, I am I apologize profusely. I'm so sorry I had it. I'm really, you know, nervous traveler and, yeah. da, 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 da. and yeah. people were, they were fine and gracious and moving on. But man, talk about creating a... A problem that just happened. That just that was not that long ago.
2: Yeah. (laughs) It happens. It happens. (laughs)
1: Like eight days. (laughs) But we've talked a lot about this challenge of aimlessness and I've embarrassed myself enough now. So out of the problem and into the solution. So Reverend Michelle, what is the solution?
2: Well, in unity We've, we affirm that all of life is governed by spiritual principles and the spiritual principle that we've found helpful in moving out of that aimlessness and into a life of freedom is the power of order or in recovery terms, what we call doing the next right thing.
1: But, and I've asked myself this many times, how do I know what the next right thing is anyway? Sounds like a great idea. Like a lot of, principles spiritual principles recovery principles but what exactly does that mean so for you what does that mean to say the next, or what does the next right thing mean
2: well first of all we don't always know what the next right thing is it's not like we're just gonna know you know so part of part of moving into this way of living is is uh how to explain this is learning to be with sort of not knowing everything, you know, like before I wanted to control everything and figure everything out, like if I could just figure everything out, it would be okay. So part of this uh doing the next right thing is, well, I'm going to use my spiritual discernment to the best of my ability, but I'm also going to acknowledge that I don't know for sure. You know, I can't know, I can't know everything. Um, and so I'm going to do the best that I can, and then I'm going to let it go. So that's part of it then the other part is of course having this higher power on board and uh you know regularly seeking connection with that higher power so that we begin to have a partnership right so that i'm not this self will run riot anymore i'm not just out there doing things you know completely running my own show that there's something else on board a higher wisdom um access to what in unity we call divine mind you know that that there's this idea that i have a part of myself that is able to access a higher wisdom that is my my higher power and uh the more i learn to live in partnership with that power and with that intelligence the more i can be guided to to know what the next right thing is to do right but again, always realizing that we don't know for sure. We just do the next thing. You and I like to say the next indicated thing. And that's sort of a way of releasing that idea that there's any right thing. Because right. there is no right thing. Yeah. And <laughs> you if can't there's mess only up. One.
1: No, As if you if can't there's mess up. You
2: can't go wrong.
1: Yeah.
2: You may go on a more circuitous route, but you can't mess up.
1: I think of I'm reminded of that idea of the spiritual GPS so there is a path from where I am to where I want to be or to an um, you know a a better place however I define that and like the spiritual GPS like the GPS in my car if I miss a turn you know make a mistake which you're saying and acknowledging is not really possible all that means is that maybe my steps moving forward are a little bit different so what i missed a turn guess what the gps in my car recalculates it doesn't call me names it doesn't belittle me you know it doesn't give me a hard time it doesn't say oh now we're going to be really late (laughs) that's me that's i'm the one that's they should make one
2: that does do that though that'd be Well, i (laughs) have
1: that built into my head so i don't need GPS telling you that it just yeah. says oh okay well given where you are right now
2: recalibrate here's recalibrate
1: the here's the path forward for you yes oh is, so that spiritual gps it um it's the whole idea is predicated on the sort of this universal idea that the universe functions in an orderly manner even when i can't see what mm-hmm. that order might mm-hmm. be and as you're pointing out, it's it's really important. I have found to not go from there to meaning. Oh, there's a perfect path, and I have to follow the perfect path. Or now I'm screwing up. No, that's not it at all. Right. the 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 unfolding shifts as we do. It yeah. moves with us, right? Just like the GPS. Um, and so I found that very helpful. And this is I, I want to say that in a way what we're talking about the, the the recovery concept of doing the next right thing is related i think related to unity's 12 powers power of order mm-hmm. right the power of order just talks about there's sort of a natural unfolding of things whether i know it or not whether i'm in tune with it or not uh, i can learn to become in tune with it and yeah. all is well as long as i'm not limiting it and getting in and getting off track by by thinking there's a perfect way and I screwed mm-hmm. it up. Mm-hmm. As soon as that happens, I'm out of the flow because right. that's not true. I've locked something in. Nothing yep. is locked in.
2: No. Yep. Yeah, I love that idea of. I mean, there's so many. This is a, a difficult topic to grapple with the idea of divine order because in Unity we sort of reject the idea that there's that God has a. a a will as if God has all these things that God wants us to do and we have to get in a line with that. A a different little bit different way of seeing it is that the universe has this overall will, which is for all of our highest good, you know, that that ultimately the purpose of the material universe. um, I think I got this from Emily Katie is to get more of its own goodness into expression to get more of its own grace and love and goodness and beauty and peace and everything that is good into expression and so my little detour is not going to derail the purpose of the universe it can't it's like that it's as if the universe was this giant gps that is no matter how what turns you take it's going to go in the same direction ultimately Um, And that's a choice that I make to believe that that's the nature of the universe. Um, that's personally what I believe is that we are all he- here to play our tiny little role in that ultimate purpose of getting more of God's goodness into expression. And so just like you say, you know, I can't make a wrong turn. This giant universe just keeps rerouting, rerouting, rerouting. You can't mess up. You're you're ultimately going to be moving in. I mean, it's basically like we can do this the easy way or we can do this the hard way, right? <laughs> But it doesn't matter how many times you get rerouted, you can't really step off the path. You can you can change your experience of the path, right? You can make the path very challenging and angst-ridden and stressful and not enjoy it. Or you can enjoy the journey, you know? Um, but I love that idea of the next indicated thing. So how how do we know what the next indicated thing is? you know, as we work with this concept and we practice it more, like you said, it's spirituality is a practice, right? We practice doing this. We get more, we get better at knowing what the next indicated thing is. But indicated means this is what seems to be the next right thing for me to do, given what I can see in my human scope of vision.
1: Right. As far as I can discern at this moment. Yep. Now I do want to answer that question because that's, of course, very important. And you and I might from time to time, take it for granted. Cause we sort of have been practicing this for a while, but basically what we're talking about di- discerning what um, given what we know, what seems to be the next right step is to uh, turn within, you know, take a breath, calm down, relax, slow down a minute. Yep. So when I lost my watch, lost it, air quote, lost my watch. Um, the, the upside of that experience was I realized that when i get stressed like that i yeah. need to slow down yeah my mind can move very quickly yeah. and that can serve me very well in some uh, if you're some running way. from
2: a t-rex or something or no or even just a mammoth. in life
1: my mind is incredibly fast about some things and that's good but that doesn't mean that it's good for all things yeah and so what i'm carrying forward from that is and this is the same way i discern the next right thing so put me right back my watch i don't know where my watch is and now i'm panicking and so i'm looking in all the little zippered compartments where it could be and i'm not finding it i'm getting more panicky yep. what i need to do in that moment is literally take a breath relax my body i mean you know we yep. have we're we're way early we're not late we're not running for a plane i have enough time to take two or three breaths and just to sit down and you know notice what the temperature in the room is and relax like that and then reapproach it and had i done that i would have found it mm-hmm. because it was there yeah. yeah so discerning what the next right thing to do is a matter of turning within as we call it it's a contemplative prayer it's a brief mindfulness meditation perhaps mm-hmm. and i have to say this Often when I do that, what I get back is feels like nothing. Nothing is not the absence of guidance. It is the guidance. Yeah. Right. So I need to do nothing. Yes. That's what I needed to do about my lost watch. Nothing. And had I done nothing, I would have very soon, I'm sure, realized that um, I actually had it. And I was creating a problem, but we'll talk about that more in a minute. Hold that thought because it is time for a short break. And when we come back, we'll continue the conversation. Please stay with us.
0: We are spiritual beings having a human experience. This is UnityOnlineRadio.org, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery.
1: Yes, welcome back. We are glad you're with us today. If you're just joining us, my name is Rev. Dan Beckett, here with co-host Rev. Michelle Vargas. We'll resume our discussion in a moment, but first we wanna remind you that you can send us your questions and feedback anytime during the week from our Facebook page, Spirit of Recovery. Message us from there and let us know what's on your mind.
2: Yes, please do. We actually get very excited when we get a message because we don't get that many of them, but sometimes people do message us and it's really great to know that folks are out there listening. So prior to the break, We were discussing first that uh, aimlessness that we felt maybe in early sobriety, or maybe we sometimes feel sometimes still. (laughs) And then we talked about the solution, which is implementing this principle of doing the next right thing. So now we're going to talk about how doing that next right thing, how that's helped us move into a sense of freedom.
1: Yes, how does that work? Um, A friend of mine has a tattoo that says discipline is freedom. Mm -hmm. And that seemed counterintuitive to me. In fact, sometimes it still does because discipline doesn't sound like freedom. It sounds like you have to do this and you have to do that. And how is that freedom? But I think the more important message, the underlying message is a powerful spiritual message there. Which is that if I'm willing to do what I know is the next right mm-hmm. thing in our language, if I am willing to get in the flow of um, the divine power of order, then things go pretty well for me. It's when I fight what I know is good and right and true. Mm-hmm. It's when I, when I act in a manner that's contrary to that, that, that things don't go so well. So the way that discipline is freedom is because once I know how to do something, I know how to brush my teeth, right? I don't, I don't need to reinvent it every day. I don't need to have a conversation about why do I have to do it this way? You know, why do I have to use that toothpaste? Just pick a toothbrush and a toothpaste that I like and then just do it, <laughs> right? And it's done and it's effortless because we're unpracticed at it. And there are lots of things that are like that in life. Now, I'm not a particularly disciplined person. Um, I don't do well, you know, I've stopped telling myself, you know, I'll have a good experience, like I'll read, uh, as we were talking about before the show, I'll read an inspiring message from one of the bazillion daily readers out there in the world. And then what I say to myself is, this is awesome. I'm going to read this every morning, like from now to the end of my life. Uh, no, I'm not. Not I'm even not the going to, No, I'm <laughs> not going to do that. I know I'm not going to do it. I don't need to do it. There's part of me that says, but yeah, I should. Now I'm yes. in trouble when I use the word should. Yes. As my One of my ministers used to say I'm shooting on myself. Uh, i'm I, I get into trouble i'm creating a conflict i'm literally creating a problem because i am not going to do that every day i am yeah. straight up not wired that way yeah what i can do every day is remember to take a breath yeah remember to work with myself the way that i am and not with how i think i should be or supposed to be uh anyway that's how i found um It to be a true and and a very powerful and deep truth that discipline is freedom because it frees me up to do what's most important by simply following through on the things I've already decided are uh, helpful and rather mundane like brushing my teeth or what have you.
2: Yeah. And that's a good thing for people to know that might be noon recovery that might feel like, oh, gosh, you know, this seems like such a regimented way of life and I can't do this anymore and I can't do that anymore. And it could feel like that a little bit at the beginning until we adjust. Right. But I think any of us, I know you and I would certainly absolutely say that we have we feel that we have more freedom than ever before in our lives.
1: Absolutely. No doubt about it.
2: Yeah. So there there are some limits there are some things that we won't do anymore you know we won't drink we won't put certain substances in our body and we uh you know we do hold ourselves to a certain level of discipline in terms of like you said doing the things that we know work but ultimately that discipline gives us freedom so yeah I can I can see it does give us freedom because we're not in bondage to the things that we were doing before that were messing up our lives you know, and that's really what freedom is, is not being in bondage to something, you know, and and uh, active addiction is a form of bondage. Right. Because absolutely. we Yeah. But spirituality is never going to be bondage. You know, it just never is. It's always about more freedom. Um. You know, the one I, I am totally with you on this. Anytime I think I'm going to do something every day. Sounds like such a good idea, but it just there are two things that I do every day. And one thing is workout. And I do work out every day. And that's never been a problem for me, but that's because I love it. It's not a chore to me. It's like I can't wait. It's just how I'm wired. I love my workouts. It it it's my high that I still get to have now that I don't use substances. And I love it. That's not a problem for me. Other things like I'm gonna read this little meditation book every day, not gonna happen. It just doesn't happen. I, but the other thing that I am disciplined about is my mindfulness meditation practice. And the only way I have made that work, and I would say I've been doing it for about maybe over five years now. And the fact that I have done something every day for five years is a freaking miracle in itself. But the way that I did it was by telling myself I only had to do it for five minutes. And so... There's been a lot of days when that's all I did. I sat down with my timer or my little meditation app or whatever, and I did my five minutes and that's it right back to what I was doing before. But I let that be okay, you know, and there's other days when I do a lot longer when I have, you know, it's a, it's a bigger thing. But going back to what you said about discipline equals freedom. So that's a discipline that I have. But over time, the cumulative effect of having done that discipline has ultimately given me freedom, right? Practicing that little bit of mindfulness every single day over time has freed me up a lot because it's helped me be more present in my life. It's helped me know that regardless of what is going on, I can tap into a place of peace, and quiet, even if it's only for five minutes, because it's something that I have cultivated over time. We all have that place of quiet within us, but sometimes we have to cultivate it, right? The more we practice, the more it grows, the stronger it gets, the easier it is to tap into. But that small discipline of, and like you said, taking a pause, taking some deep breaths, doing that every day in whatever way we decide that we want to discipline ourselves, ultimately gives us more freedom in
1: life absolutely and i'm reminded i'm thinking fairly broadly about this i mean the question we're asking each other and sharing about is how did how does doing the next right thing help me move from aimlessness to freedom so one answer to that very broadly for me is recognizing and remembering and then you know acting as if Uh, that the things that I do, meaning sort of my patterns in life, have a larger purpose than just those things. Even if from the outside, uh, we could look at something and say, you know, that's not particularly healthy, or that's perhaps working against you in this way or that way, there's still a larger purpose for it. Because unless I can be willing to do that, which I feel called to do, uh, for better or for worse, I am never going to get so. Say it is something that's not ideal, I'm never going to get through it, I'm never going to be able to let it go uh, if I'm fighting it. So, in a way, it's like a it's a basically a path of non resistance, mm. is what I'm saying. And Jesus' teachings can readily be seen as um, um, a spiritual path of non resistance. We've talked before yeah. about that. I, I usually use smoking cigarettes as an example, which I did for most of my life, but I quit some time ago. Now um, I couldn't quit until I completely accepted, like stopped fighting it. Yeah. Which was very hard to do mm-hmm. because I knew it was bad for me. I felt bad every time I did it. Like, Oh man, I got to quit doing it. Da, 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 da. Mm. All this conflict, all this, you yeah. know, angst around it, feeling yeah. bad etc. Until I was able to let all that go, and not do that anymore. And I can't tell you exactly how I did, but I did. I I couldn't quit. But once I was able to to do that, all of a sudden, I could quit. And it wasn't that hard. When before, it was beyond hard. It was impossible. I tried many, many times. It was impossible until I completely accepted that that's where I am right now. And so the things that I do, you know, my way of being in the world, my patterns and habits have a larger purpose. And if I can just relax and let that be so, then I can perhaps, you know, the light will come on. Yeah. And I can grow through some things rather than being stuck through resistance.
2: Yeah, that larger purpose, that having a spiritual purpose and having a spiritual uh perspective on life. It it provides sort of a container, right? You know how they say that children actually want limits, you know, that when you give your children limits, it provides like a safe container for them. It helps them feel safe. And so it's sort of the same thing for us, you know, this spiritual way of life and this 12-step recovery way of life provides a container for us, which ultimately could seem limiting, but ultimately is freedom giving, um, because it, it gives us that sense of containment and of boundaries and a framework for our life. Uh, so I think that it's kind of a similar thing. Um, the, the way we're talking about doing the next right thing and how do we cultivate that ability to know what the next right thing or the next indicated thing is to do. And so Uh, Like I was saying before, you know, we're learning to work in partnership with God, right? We're learning to, uh, which basically means that rather than just doing what my ego self wants to do, my, that self will run riot, what, what my, you know, ego material self, Michelle thinks is the right thing, wants to do thinks she needs to control, thinks she needs to figure out. So it's stepping out of that and stepping into a higher a higher consciousness, right? What we might call our higher self, the part of us that's connected to God, to divine mind, um, the divinity in us, our Christ nature. It's getting that part of ourselves on board and getting it so that it's part of the decision-making process, right? So that I'm making decisions When I'm trying to see what the next right thing is to do, I'm doing that from a higher place. I'm not doing that from my ego self. And so just just learning to cultivate that aspect of ourselves, we do that through daily prayer and meditation, through study, through all the things that we do to cultivate a relationship with spirit, with God. And then... The more we do that, the more it just becomes the way we operate. Like sometimes I don't even have to stop and say, okay, God, what should I do? Because it's already become my way of operating. Do you know what I mean? Not always. But it's basically taking time to step out of the ego self and step into the higher self. And knowing that the decisions we make from that place are always going to be the next right thing. Does that make
1: sense? Yeah, it does. And I like that last part, especially. I think that's really important. And we talked about it before, but it's worth repeating. The idea that there's one right way to do it, and I'm in trouble if I don't do it the one right way, it has never been helpful to me. I really Mm -hmm. had to let that go in Mm -hmm. favor of what you just said, Yeah, that if I just, you know, if I'm honest with myself and I do what seems like the next uh, indicated or right thing is, Than it is. And even if I have some kind of challenge that comes out of it, or, or trouble that comes out of it, like when I lost my watch, and I kind of created all that um, angst, the good in it was that I saw it so very clearly. Mm -hmm. And maybe I had not seen it that clearly before. Mm -hmm. I saw the pattern, I watched it happen. Mm -hmm. Oh, now that I can see it, I can name it. And it's in the light. Now, it can actually has a chance to be healed, right? Something that's not, that's unnamed, that's in the shadow, will is con, is controlling me yep. in my life, and it cannot be healed until I can see it and name it and have it come out into the light. Okay. So that was the upside of totally worth it, right? Small price to pay. Being anxious for a while, then being embarrassed—that was the price yep. of that. Uh, Seeing so very clearly what had happened and remembering, oh, I have tools for this. Mm -hmm. Now, generally in my life, I'm not in that space, but, you know, it was, we were heading into a 24-hour travel day at 10 p.m. at night. And so stress was up Mm -hmm. anyway. And, Mm -hmm. you know, there were reasons why it happened then and there. That's not my day-to-day experience of life right yeah um another way that doing the next right thing has helped me move to freedom is um i feel better being what i would call being more organized Mm so i have that same it's a balance like so many things about um structure versus rigidity or limitation Mm -hmm. right too much structure is limiting not enough structure is also limiting with the right balance of structure and that could be anything from the way i manage my the time in my day Mm -hmm. manage my tasks or what have you the the a healthy amount of structure or a balanced amount of structure gives me less worry Mm-hmm. You know, more time to do mm-hmm. the fun things that I want to do mm-hmm. because I have taken care of everything that needs taking care of, yeah. which uh, actually I have come to enjoy most of the time anyway.
0: Yeah. And
1: so, um, having some appropriate degree of structure, and believe me, I'm still working on what that degree might be. I was trying to think of what are the things I do every day, and that could only come up with two. Wake up is one and breathe. <laughs> Is the other one that that's the only thing I do every day? Well, I'm glad
2: you do that every day. <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean, I would say get out of bed. I do that almost every day, but I bet you there's been a day when I didn't, so it's not a hundred percent. But yeah, that's about all I do every day.
0: Yeah, so I, yeah, a
1: balanced amount of structure gives me more of what I want.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: When I used to fight that idea a lot, yeah.
2: I fight the idea of more structure. I'm not a very structured person myself either. Um, So yeah, I, I relate to that. There's not a lot of things that I do every single day either. But sometimes I can see where a little more structure might ultimately give me more freedom because sometimes we create our own messes, right? We create our own drama and craziness because of our lack of discipline or our lack of structure. So I wanted to talk a little bit about what some people might call God's will because we hear a lot about this in um, recovery. At least I remember, you know, early in recovery hearing a lot about this. Uh, well, maybe it's because uh, we say at the end of every prayer of every meeting, thy will not mine be done. Right. Okay. So when you're new, if you don't have a really good understanding of that, you might get the idea that God has a will and that I have a will, and they're not the same, and my will is lots of fun, and God's will is not so much fun, right? Like, oh, there's all these things I want to do, but God's will is the really boring, regimented, serious one. Uh, I remember thinking that way, you know, like, I remember, you know, in my first few years of recovery, you know, at the beginning of a relationship, you know, is it God's will for me to be in this relationship or not? And I could just put myself through all kinds of mental gymnastics, trying to figure out, you know, well, how am I going to know if it's God's will for me to be in this relationship? So my understanding of that has shifted a lot. I personally don't believe that, you know, God has this will that is like all these, you know, all these uh, fixed things that God wants me to do and they're not going to be any fun and they're always going to be the opposite of my will. And so I have to submit my will to God's will. And okay. I, I, I had to make peace with that pretty early on because that was not working for me. And I had this sponsor who said to me, what if you said, instead of at the end of the meeting, when we say thy will not mine be done, what if you said thy will and mine be one?
1: Yeah. Getting the flow.
2: I don't know why that worked for me. I started to see that seeing God's will and my will as opposites was not a good thing. And I needed to start seeing life in terms of aligning myself with God's will. Now, I also had to change my understanding of God's will. So my current understanding of God's will is something about uh, that God's will is always for my highest good. Uh, that everything that happens in my life ultimately can be made for good, has a greater purpose. Like you say, things that the watch experience at the airport wasn't a lot of fun, but ultimately you made some good come of it because you had a a realization about it that brought greater self-awareness to you that's going to serve you. And I can look back over my life and see things that decisions I made that probably didn't seem like the best ones, but now looking back, it's all good. Like, yeah, I made that decision. I learned from it. Now I have this new awareness. So you really can't go against God's will again, because everything that happens in our life is for a greater purpose and is ultimately for our, our learning and our growth. And so that helped me really get out of that idea. So aligning my will with God's will. Now, what it means to me is that I want for myself, my highest good. If God always wants my highest good, I need to get in line with that and start wanting my highest good, too. So I'm going to make decisions from that place. Is this ultimately for my highest good? And that, to me, has been a really good guide.
1: Yeah, as you shared that, I said, I've got a a marriage that fits that category. (laughs) You know, in a way, it would be easy for me to look at it as, man, that was a really bad idea. Um, it was a, you know, it was a, a traumatic experience, da, 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 but in reality, it was exactly the path I needed to walk, Yep. right, to maybe be done with a certain piece of myself that I was time for me to be done with. Nothing to do, nothing bad about the other person. The other person is a wonderful yeah. child of God as, as well. I have nothing but positive things to say about Um, my ex now that doesn't mean that we're hanging around with each other that's not (laughs) that's not what's going on but it means that 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 time together served us both in ways that were good and right and important even though it was painful and difficult that's just kind of how it goes sometimes well we said a whole lot about this topic so we're at the point where we want to step way back if we can and see if we can find a simple way to sum all this up Um, so it's almost like what would your greatest hits be from everything that we just said if you had to sort of shine a light on the most important pieces of this Mm -hmm. that's why we say in a nutshell um, how would you answer how do I know what the next right thing is and if I don't know how can I go about finding out
2: well I would say first of all cultivating a relationship with the higher power uh, bringing the HP, as I like to call God, sometimes on board in all my decisions, so that I am kind of I'm I'm making decisions from that place of that higher consciousness, um, and that comes with time and with practice. And as we do this, we also begin to develop an intuition or an inner knowing, right? Because we've spent more and more time. In communion with the God of our understanding, we start to get quicker and better access to that inner guidance. And so that's that's the way to doing the next right thing. And then also just doing what seems like the best thing in that moment and then letting it go, not getting hooked up on, is it the right thing? Because as we've said in a million different ways, there is no right thing. The great GPS of the universe will just reroute you and you will ultimately get where you're going anyway.
1: Yes. What worked for me was relax, number one. That's important for me to remember. That concept of one day at a time helps me just sort of slow down and not take myself too seriously, not be in a hurry, right? So i got a theme going here. Seek internal guidance through just a mindfulness, simplest mindfulness practice is all Mm -hmm. that's needed there. And to remember that maybe the next right thing to do really is nothing, in fact, often the next right thing to do for me is actually nothing. Yeah. And, to, and that's okay. So if I can relax, take a breath, turn within, just notice what's transpiring within me. Go with my gut yeah. is another piece of it. And then don't worry about it. And like let you it go. said, but that's probably the hardest part for me is not worry about it.
2: Well, and also we like to say in recovery, more will be revealed. So do the best that you can do right now and trust that more will be revealed.
1: That is always true. Yes. Always
2: true. Well, we have an affirmation for you today that can help you with these concepts we've talked about. And this is our affirmation. Turning within, I connect with spirit and I am guided to what is mine to do. That's pretty much the gist of it. Once
1: again, that wraps it up pretty concisely. Turning within, I connect with spirit and I am guided to what is mine to to do amen to that feel like saying amen after that
2: (laughs) hallelujah
1: yeah i gotta put that on my wall (laughs) (laughs) i'll read it every day no i won't
2: (laughs) first thing when i wake up (laughs) while you're brushing your teeth (laughs)
1: yeah that's right i should get it on my toothbrush well it's (laughs) happened again You've given yourself the gift of another hour listening to Spirit of Recovery. At least we like to think of it that way. Don't burst our bubble. (laughs) And we are grateful that you have. We hope you found something in all of our chatting today that will be genuinely helpful to you in your recovery. Thank you, Michelle, as always, for our discussion. And thanks to you all who are listening to the podcast via Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn. We bless you wherever you are on your journey.
2: Listeners, if you'd like, you can connect with us on our Facebook page, Spirit of Recovery, and give us your thoughts and feedback. And we invite you to join us again next Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central. And until then, don't drink like my co-host.
1: And don't drink like my co-host.
2: Instead, have yourself a wonder-filled week.
0: Thanks for listening.